Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, episode 150, make a move and the bunny gets it. The dose, let's go again. Daddy just did a great uh, intro. Me, I'm Daddy, I'm not really Daddy, but Paul. I did a good intro where I did a Geordie voice. Ooh, that's nominative determinism, yet we're going to have a good time talking a good time. I think people like the funny voice, you know, the, the accents and the funny voices, right? You know, I'm, uh, so I'm doing that up top. And yes, hello, Steve, for the second time, but for the first time being heard by the people here how are you not bad thank you good morning good evening for you good morning to me not to them because they'll be listening whenever they're listening um future future so good day to them um yeah good existence yeah yeah good time today good time good time got dead excited just showed my wife the trailer um she's not seen it is she not? And, uh, no. Oh, and the trailer, and she's not seen Uncut Gems either. So, two, two, two bad lads from America, Josh and Benny Safty, two brothers, or brothers. Um, what directed Uncut Gems? This is the film they did before it. And about fifteen seconds into the trailer, my wife said, "I'm watching this. No doubt, watching this." And I said, "You're not from Collyhurst." And she said, "Nevertheless." Um, and quite simply, for me, good time is what happens. Films like Good Time and Uncut Gems are what happens when great filmmakers love the same films you love um, and have seen the same films that you love. So if anyone wants to go and have a look at it, the Safdies um, on their Twitters produced uh, some best films, what we've ever seen lists, and they did two top tens. And three of the films in there were Goodfellas, Saturday Night Fever and The French Connection, which are Looking three up. of my favourite films, what's ever been made. And then they said some other films like Close Up and there was um, Broadway Danny Rose, I think, uh, not the Tottenham fullback, um, Broadway <laughs> Danny Rose, I think it is, by which is a Woody Allen film, which I've not seen. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's got that stank, it's got that Friedkin stank, it's got that Scorsese stank, you know, it's got that OG Travolta stank, it's... Uh, yeah, it's they're influenced by some of the things that we we know and love so dearly, aren't they? Did yeah? Did your wife did your wife uh, like Arpats? Was she into the Twilight stuff? Or, or, no, 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 I don't think. I think she's I think she's Pattinson neutral. She's pH neutral. Um, I so, think yeah, yeah. she's got no skin in the game, so to speak. No, fair enough. I think we we missed that one, didn't we? Just about the Twilight sort of thing yeah, that was we just aged out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough because um, I think because th- this was what this was twenty is this twenty seventeen twenty seventeen. So this is about five years after Twilight's done and dusted, isn't it? Roughly, yeah, yeah. Got a bit of daylight because. Uh, uh, Robert Pattinson is. I have to remind myself that he was in the Twilight films, really, yeah. and uh, like Elijah Wood with Lord at Rings, or even Danny Rads with the Harry Potter films. I think those are three actors who've done a very good job of gently um, but forcefully distancing themselves from from that. When there's loads of other actors who've loads of other actors who've done the same, um, but many people just don't return from that vortex, do they? From the 
big temple family no. or teen heartthrob or whatever um, kind of vortex. So yeah, just as Danny Craig's done well getting away from the hellscape of uh, Tory Tory land with Bond, um, <sighs> yeah, old Pat Boy has done a great job of uh, working working with interesting directors and working on interesting projects. He did. He did. I think he's like one of his first films after Twilight or in between finishing Twilight was with uh, Cronenberg, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Chrono- is it Chronopolis? Is that yeah. Kind of yeah. So, um, no, he is, he's a good actor, our parts. I like our parts That's a great. lot. He's, uh, he's, he's really good. And in this, he's just, he's a dirty little bugger, isn't he? He's a filthy, yeah. filthy little boy. Filthy. You're, oh, you dirty, you dirty little boy. Sit down there, you absolute little. Your mum's not here. You absolute little fucking shit. Uh, and I'll beat you around the bloody hell if you get getting get, get into me tools again. Um, yeah. It's so. Yeah. For, for anyone what's not seen it, um, good time is uh, so the Safties. This is the first kind of. They describe this as their first movie movie. Because um, mm-hmm. before this, they'd made... I've not seen their previous films, but their stuff was really quite guerrilla filmmaking, like like Billy Freed, Billy yeah. Friedkin, and working with uh, amateur, non-professional actors um, and kind of just getting cameras and getting out there and, and making films. And so Good Time, in their estimation, is their first kind of proper movie movie. Um, yeah. But it has a lot of that stank, doesn't it? You know, there's a lot of uh, really close-up cameras. You can tell they've shot, like, either without permits or they've kind of stayed somewhere longer than they were supposed to. You know, there's lots of kind of... um, It's street-level filmmaking um, about two... Well, one kind of career criminal and his brother who has some kind of developmental disability or learning disability. And uh, it's set over one night. And um, they get in a rough, in a tough corner, right? The the the, the one brother gets, a, I guess it's not a spoiler, is it, to say that he gets arrested, and no. then uh, R. Pattinson goes on an odyssey of sorts to uh, to get the bail money or the bond money or whatever to get his to get his brother out of the clink, mm-hmm. and uh, and it kind of just it goes from there, doesn't it? It unspools or escalates or whatever. The the, the just a matter. It's just about a night of madness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. It fills in your in your greasy palm like one of those little snake things, um, or coil and and recoils and everything. It's um, uh, Benny Safdie plays um his brother Nick, doesn't he? The with learning yeah. disabilities, the uh, the direct one of the directors, Benny Safdie, and does a pretty good job, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you save someone with neurodivergent sort of that who who doesn't sorry um have neurodivergent um, tendency, uh, personality. Um, yeah. What, what, what's yeah, the word I'm looking for, it, Paul? Yeah. Of, of, uh, uh, well, I would say like a, you know, I would say a developmental disability or a learning yeah, yeah. disability. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I saw an interview with them on on YouTube, which is a popular website, um, where they were speaking to why they didn't cast someone uh, who has a de- developmental disability, or learning mm. disability, and they said, well, it. it to them, it would not be a genuine thing to ask someone to play a part along those lines. Um, and uh, and I get that. And I think, you know, and people will have their own opinions about that. And some people will mm-hmm. say, you know, if you're, if you're cast in a role where someone has a condition, you should always, ca- you know, cast someone with a condition. And I get that and I respect that. But I think, um, you know, these things are, the proof is in the pudding. And, uh, and I think... For, for what the film is. You know, it's not a treatise on that. It's not like a, no. a deep psychological profile of this character. Um, and so I think, um, I think it, it scans for me. And I think, like you say, it's, it's performed yeah. quite, quite beautifully and, uh, mm-hmm. and quite in, and that's the thing about this film. It, it reminds me of Goodfellas in that, like there's the, and there's this weird tenderness in the film as well. There's like a proper emotional core to this film, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is really like rooted in those two, in, in the brothers. Um, and Robert Pattinson's almost like a guy who he lies to everyone about everything apart from his brother and his love for his brother. And the first time we see the characters, they're involved in some illegality, but then straight away, then his character frames it within this love that they have for one another in this way that they kind of, hold each other up um so it's weirdly sweet film isn't it it's, it's got yeah. a strange sweet center on it 
Yeah, it has. Um, and it, it starts really gently as well, doesn't it? Um, which is like, I, with Uncut Gems, it's kind of like go from the off, isn't it? And there's no no real sort of uh, build-up, whereas this starts with um, Nick um, in sort of a... Um, it's not. It's more, not a test. It's more of a uh, like a meeting with his doctor, isn't it? It's just a sort of checkup um, with a doctor, and then our parts just comes bursting in. Uh, Connie, as his character is called, yeah. uh, just comes bursting in, and it's like, "What the fuck are you doing here? Get up, get up, come out, come out, come out!" Um, and takes him straight away to do a heist, and uh, the yeah. film like that's it. The film goes from yeah. there, really. Yeah, and it, uh, I can see someone would watch this film and be completely horrified by Connie, by Robert Pattinson's character. Um, and again, I don't want to give too much away because I think it's a film you should watch. Oh yeah, definitely. Without knowing too much, right? Because it's such a, mm-hmm. you know, I don't swear lightly on this pod, but it's such a fucking brilliant film. Um, <laughs> and the, and the, 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 the brilliance of it is in the, the delivery in just the hammer blows of the movie. It's like, like uncut gems. Yeah. Um, but the film does kind of let you make up your own mind, really. Like I think the film presents the characters quite nakedly and Robert Patton's Connie's character is a piece of shit. I mean, the film is him just being a piece of shit to everyone yes. he comes across constantly. Yeah. But there's, because you, because you enter with that relationship with the brothers and he's really protective and, and he's really, you know, they love one another. It, there's just that thing that you keep coming back to, uh, at least for me. Um, but um, who doesn't love a film where you're just made to let, uh, you're left to make your own mind up about characters yeah. that aren't one thing or the other? You know, it's not, oh, yeah. my God, oh, my God, Vision, incredible, oh, my God. Black TV show, but it was a TV show. Like an incredible artistic statement. Paul Benny with the jewel in his fucking feathers. Ah, fuck God, Paul Sarno. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, because Robert, Robert Patrick, like you say in this character, he's motivated Pattinson. by... Robert Patrick is, is the Robert liquid Pat- metal is, bastard from the yes. future. Yes, that's right, sorry. Um, that's what happens when you say our pats for too long. And then <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Robert Pattinson, he's um, like you say, he's he's quite he's got quite a tender sort of um, loving relationship for his brother, and his motivation is that love for his brother. But his mo- the motivation um, for the dangerous thing about motivation for a character like him is that he will do anything to get himself out of trouble or get and uh, achieve his goal, uh, which includes literally in this film nonsense in his way out of trouble if need be. Yeah. Um, uh, as well as many other horrible things that he does throughout the film, and like you say, he takes advantage of other people, and um, and he's constantly sort of on this odyssey of just it's more it's more it's like an odyssey slash downward spiral, isn't it? Really, mm-hmm. um, yeah. is he just sort of like sinks into lower and lower depths into trying to yeah. get the money for the bail bond, um, and the bail bond guy is a classic safty character i think yeah i think yeah if anyone wants to ever ask me what a uh, safty character is then i shall get a picture up of the bail bond guy and yeah. show him he's absolutely massive fella bald-headed with like acne scars wearing a yarmulke just sat in a tiny chair behind a tiny desk, speaking very calm, you know, man in completely in control of his environment. Um, and uh, yeah, again, like, like with um, like with Uncut Gems or like The Wire and stuff, you're watching this and at times half the fun is trying to work out who is an actor and who have they just found on a corner somewhere, <laughs> just asking for change or whatever, or just, you know, in a bookies. Um because uh, and I love as well that like and the same thing that with Scorsese and I know people people make fun of Scorsese for you know being enamoured with small time hoodlums or whatever or with kind of mm. bastard characters but the thing about Scorsese is it's all filtered through him 
And Scorsese mm-hmm. doesn't care because this is like he's thinking about when he was an altar boy in New York and the guy he knew around the, co- the corner or this guy. And with the Safties, it's the same thing. Like you could give them anything. You could give them an Avengers film and they would still somehow make it about like grifters in New York and people that they knew in high school or people that their dad knew. You can just tell that these characters are like just filtered through where they've come from and they don't need to say it because the artists like that who wear the heart on their sleeve, it's just, it, it comes through, you know. Um, yeah. The Panther Man in me was watching this thinking, oh my God, what if Safdie did Batman film? Oh my God. And then, <laughs> and I had to pull, pull myself out of the Panther and be like, no, that's yeah. the problem. There's too many Batman films. We don't need yeah, another yeah. Batman film. Yeah, yeah. And there are, there are armies of evil algorithmic robots in Disney headquarters just looking out for interesting artists. Yes. Ready exactly. to co-opt. Ready to co-opt. Send out check. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they must, they must never, they simply must never, but, but yeah. Um, we are finished with you, Watiti. He's drained of his creativity and his specialness. You he can turns to watch movie. <laughs> Enjoy stupid movie. Maybe win one of small film festivals. <laughs> yeah. Um... In thirty years' time. <laughs> Say hello to Criterion Collection in year twenty seventy seven. Fun face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, the Safties. Um, and again, for anyone who's because for me, I watched Uncut Gems. And I'd not seen this. And then I went back to this. And this and Uncut Gems are just such lovely companion pieces. They really are. Um, yeah. I want like, one more. Yeah. I want one more from, like I said, then last step. They don't really have to do another one, uh, film yeah. ever again for me. The Safties are, are golden now, but um, they're very young. So obviously they're going to do loads more films and very talented. But I, I want one more in this vein, just as sort of a nice trilogy, just to tie it up. Because I think it could be like a great one, two, three little yeah. DVD Blu-ray that's box the, set for that, me to buy as well. I think with lots of lovely one, bonus features, please. Lovely things, yeah, yeah, and um, pointless like movie introductions by the Safties. Oh, it's me, Benny. Uh, Josh is not here. He's in. The, he's in the toilet. Uh, you're about to watch Uncut Gems. What was that one? Was it William Friedkin wearing a cardigan in his front room? Is that the gold yeah. standard of movie introductions? With all these lovely ornaments. Um, yeah, walking into shot as well. Um, with his fingers <laughs> steepled, presenting The Exorcist. Setting up the shot. Brilliant. No, I walk into shot. No, it's more dramatic that way. No, no. You mean sit down? Well, you know, the Safties have a new movie coming out and it's um, Adam Sandler's in it. Lovely. And I believe it's about card collectors. I don't know if that's baseball card collectors or Yeah, what. yeah. It'll be baseball, um, won't it? It's not really Pokemon, is it, with the Safties? <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Black Pikachus. Come on, KG. You've heard of Black Pikachus. <laughs> Uh, um, See this? Uh, this is a Mew. It's a Mew too. <laughs> no, not Ryan Reynolds. No, forget Ryan Reynolds. No, Ash, the gym. Um, it's where is it? I don't know. It, yeah, I just saw it. It's something about card collectors. So again, it's going to be about small-time grifters and hoods in Warrens of uh, of uh, covered markets in New York. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, the Safties. They're only in their mid thirties. They're basically like two years older than us, aren't they? Yeah, which is depressing. Yeah, depressing as fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, have you watched any of their earlier films? I think they did two before this. I've not. I've not. I know our part saw one, and that's why he was in into this film. Um, was that right? Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. He immediately was like, "If you ever do anything, you need to let me know. Um, I'm I'm well up for it." Because uh, this is a this is like for. It's not a bad cast. This this is quite a strong cast. Yeah. Uh, you Jennifer got Jason Lee. Jennifer Amazing. Jason Lee. Like she's fucking scenes. great. She yeah, she's so good. Um, she's great in everything, isn't she? Yeah, she's everything. Such a dark she really is. Answer, yeah. She really is. Um, and um, what's his name's in it as well, isn't he? Um, from the um, oh, your man from Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. Uh, Barkad Abdi. Uh, Barkad Abdi. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He was a. Uh, it was great in Captain. Like we should do Captain Phillips because it is a really, really good film. Um, Not like I say, it's got one of my favourite endings, uh, just because it's mm. very, uh, very realistic and very. Oh, uh, 
Very nice. Oh yeah, I get this. Um, um, Eric the 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 bondsman from Good Time. You know, you know what his real name is? Eric. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And guess what he did for twenty years in Queens? He was a uh, bondsman. Bondsman. <laughs> Yeah, what, what are you up to there? Looks good, that looks dead interesting. And your lunch. Apparently, um, they only went to him to hire the office space for the location. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> and he was such a fucking nightmare that they were like, we have to get him in this film. We have to put him in this film. Yeah. I can imagine the Safties haggling over price as well. 200. No, not 250. 200. We're only going to be here for an hour. 220. 2.20 and you can be in the film. Right, thanks. And yes, you can be yeah. called Eric, that's fine, we don't care. Yeah, and they went, oh, hang on, uh, we've got 180 here, just have this, and um, and he's just going to get the 20 from the ATM. <laughs> just hang on. And then they come back and they go, oh, actually, we can, is that if we have the uh, thing, because we've just found the place next door, it's like, we think it's a bit better, and Eric goes to him, no, 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 that's my money, that's in my safe now, all right? You have to get me the other 20. So yeah, I reckon it played out exactly as Robert Pattinson goes into and tries to get the bail bond money. Um, you reckon maybe like the, that's what it is that the, they do like a two setup with the cameras, and the one camera is just over the Safdie's shoulder as they meet people and introduce <laughs> the film to them, and then they exactly, just bring in yeah. Robert Pattinson for the uh, yeah. And uh, I'm doing a little bit of reading. Of, um, the, um, uh, the obviously they had the script. But other actors, apart from Pattinson and um, Safdie, I can't remember which one, um, who were the, the the leads, the brothers, other people apparently didn't have the whole script given to them and they were just freely told to improvise. Um, and they were, I don't know how they were steered through scenes, but... It's very Friedkin, um, isn't it? Very Friedkin sort yeah, of... Uh, very yeah, much so. Nice. It's he likes his that's... filthy close-ups, doesn't he? His filthy, dirty yeah. close-ups yeah. and everything, yeah. There's also, um, it does um, touch on a bit of, reminded me a bit of Sorry to Bother You to a certain extent, because there is almost a bit of, not magical realism in this, but the character of Robert Pattinson, as he kind of, as he blunders his way through the film, but by the end of it, I don't know any, I, I, I get it from his performance, from Pattinson's performance. He does get this kind of feeling that he's kind of like invincible by the end of the film or like things just kind of, he keeps mm-hmm. falling upward through the events of the film, you know? Yeah. So there's this, um, it's like super, like we say, street level and really gritty and really, you know, Which... and in your face. But there's this weird kind of like sense yeah. of things being, and he, and he says it himself, doesn't he? And he says it in the trailer, actually. At one point, he says to a character, I feel like tonight is linked to my purpose in life. You know, as mm-hmm. he's kind of bullshitting his way through a scene, he talks about kind of mystical or whatever fate and stuff. Yeah. Weird. And Uncle yeah. Jem's kind of plays with fate as well, I think, doesn't he? Um, and mysticism and stuff. Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. And it probably, it's a really good point because um, I think um, that sort of, like you say, that invincibility um, and that aura of, uh, purpose and destiny and everything else that he sort of uh, he's on and manages to blag other characters into sort of um, coming on getting on board with him yeah yeah, yeah. Um, is quite infectious as we see throughout the thing and I think non, non more so than um, the what basically what happens to Ray in the film which I won't go into again uh, for spoilers' sake, but um, I think you see it with Jennifer Jason Lee. You see it with yeah. um, the uh, the young girl that he befriends, and um, and and uh, and Ray's character, and um, yeah, it's like he he's so he looks just so scratchy, doesn't he, in this film? Mm. Um, and that conversation that he has with Ray. Um, where he's just uh, sort of basically projecting on Ray the entire he's time, like digging him out, yeah, yeah, digging him yeah. out. But he's basically just it's, it's, Ray is nowhere near as bad as he is, nowhere near as bad. And it's just it's it's uh, our uh, Connie's character is just sort of like getting it all out in the open. I think he's just sort yeah. of like he's he's realizing he's he's circling the drain, as it were. Yeah, and that similarity again with Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, where you see a character who's just fe- who's just feeling their oats through the film, and looking around at other people and kind of 
anytime he's kind of has a moment of introspection, he immediately like lashes out and finds someone that he can just kind of like beat around the head for a bit or cajole or do whatever, you know, it's this. Yes. And, uh, and the, again, just like Robert Pattinson is so good at acting, uh, again, acting without acting the old Jason Alexander again. <laughs> um, and this must be like, must've been a really hard film to act in because he's in mm. every scene. The whole thing is on his shoulders. Um, it's really physical. It's really, you know, heavy and it's, um, and obviously really low budget. So it's not like you're retiring to your big, your comfy trailer between shots and anything. You know, you're really living it as you're, as you're shooting it. Yeah. Um, but, um, Pattinson's just so good and the stuff he's able to convey without dying. I mean, cause he's a talker like, Adam, like uh, Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, his character talks, he's, he's, he's a slick talker and he tries to talk his way through everything um, or punch his way through what he can't talk through. But as well, the, what he conveys with his face, with it just in his eyes, um, his body language, it's just, uh, you know, it's astounding really. And I, I yeah. don't think there's, I don't think there's many actors in his age bracket at his level of fame and everything uh, and who could do it quite frankly. Mm. Um, I think too many people would have the edge taken off them with all the fancy hotel rooms they've been in and all the kind of, you know, jet setting, like you said, the Harry Styles thing where you're a man of no nation after a certain (laughs) point. (laughs) (laughs) Like Duran Duran. But um, Mm. yeah, Pattinson can just take it to that filth level. Um, Yeah. I, I watched him in Tenet again recently and he's just I've still so, not seen Tenet I've still not oh, seen it he's just what you're saying about his pod in it yeah yeah it's definitely podable um, he's so good in Tenet such a different performance as well his character in Tenet is so, he's a spy um, so he's so put together and he's so like uh, urbane and he's so mm. like, with you know he's everything that Connie is not um, so yeah no he's great and um, uh and it is exhausting this film, isn't it? Like Uncle James, it is. it's like it's exhilarating and it's also yeah. like really tiring because someone watching someone just living on that edge constantly. Exactly because I think I think it's a really shrewd observation by the Safdies when they write these main characters that uh, they have very dubious um, ethics and principles, mm. um, and I think that I think it I think it's a really good uh, sort of. Um, point in reality as well is that like when when you say how can you be such a sort of like constant piece of shit as Sandler and um, Pattinson's characters are in these films and it's I think it's true in real life as well like people that are it's because they're constantly on the move all the time so they don't have to ever have any time for introspection so they're constantly just sort of moving and moving and moving even if it's like to their own detriment or whatever no matter how damaging it is to others around them they're just constantly on the move on the move on the move no time to think about myself or like what it is i'm doing all the ramifications i've just got to keep going keep you know, like a shark, if I don't keep going forward, I'm going to die, basically. Yeah, you know definitely. Think? And it speaks to urban living and city living as well, doesn't mm-hmm. it? That, that idea that you'll never see this person again anyway. So if yeah. you can just disconnect yourself from that, from the person, and then the interaction just becomes transactional or it becomes just besting someone or just about, you know, stepping on that to get there. Um, because you think about Goodfellas. Goodfellas is one of the most grimmest films we've watched on the pod. But in Goodfellas, they're having a great time. They go on vacation and they're eating nice food and they're like going out to the club and watching Henny Youngman, you know. Just walking through kitchens that. and that. Yeah, Lovely. getting nice tables. This is with Mr. Tony. Um because uh, so, Goodfellas has that second half where everything just the wheels just fall off everything um, and even in like the French connection like which of you know the free, the, the Safdie's name check like um, Popeye Doyle um, he's a police officer so there's this kind of innate nobility to what he's doing yeah. even though he's the biggest piece of shit imaginable um, he's fighting the good fight you know and so that his singularity of focus is like has that kind of yeah that something in it but this yeah and same with uncut gems you know films mm. that just put you in the shoes of such pieces of human garbage mm-hmm. um and somehow you know just you know warts and all managed to bring you along um 
Speaking of uh, inescapable transactions, you just remind me yesterday um, we had a, a handyman come over to oh, fix God. our our drippy tap, oh, a drippy oh, tap in the kitchen, yeah. um, and it's drip 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 in the kitchen, um, and um, yeah, he came over. He came over with the uh, the sort of landlord lady. She, she's not the landlord. She works on behalf of the landlord. She's the landlord's avatar or representative. Yeah, yeah. She's um, the landlord's uh, familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She, Thank she, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, Working for Udo Care. Yeah, yeah. We hand over the money to the landlord, and he goes, I "Don't want to look at your faces." To be honest, <laughs> you you rent it. It disgusts me. Thank you for the money, but here's my familiar. Deal with all issues through her, please. Yeah, um, she's got the little tattoo, it's all above boards, you know, whatever. She goes out in daylight, you know, it's all taken care of in the bylaws. Yeah. Yeah. Um and um we we know her quite well and she was chatting to us about uh our son Hunter and she was asking how he was getting him at school and all this kind of stuff and was letting her know. And uh they she brought over this handyman who I've seen a couple of times um around the place and that. And uh, he's one of these um, northerners that you meet in London that really great on me. They're really great on me because they, they're the type of northerner that's just that makes a big deal about the fact they're northern. And the, you know what I mean? They, um, they're they're, they're they basically to you for uh, for kinship of some yes. kind. Yeah, yeah. gravitational yeah. pull. It's always the worst. So I heard yeah. from English people in in Western Canada. Yeah, completely understand we're not, it. We're not mates. We're not mates. Yeah. The, the, these are the people that come that, that move down and are like, like nobody talks to you on the tube or the buses down here. Honestly, you know that kind of thing that yeah, that kind of patter. And uh, you're like, yeah, because man, yeah, because up in Manchester, mate, everyone's just having a fucking conversation all the time, aren't they? Everyone's talking to each other nonstop. Um, although they're, they're like, what was that? Avocado and toast. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, the North's gentrified now, mate, as well. All right. Yeah, Avocado is in the North. Got food. Got food. Well, yeah. yeah. So stop pretending like we haven't got food up North. All right. Yeah. Um, and, um, God. yeah. And he was, and, uh, I basically, um, the, the, the landlord's familiar. She said to me, she was like, Oh, are you, are you planning on having another kid? And I was like, well, unless there's going to be a lottery win in the future or whatever, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I can't see it myself. And she's like, oh, it's a shame, isn't it, that you know that people have to kind of like now you have to choose between having money or having like kids. And I was like, yeah, no, it's a shame. And then uh, handyman turns around and pipes up with his fucking Tory nonsense about, well, you know, if you're on the door with eight kids, you'd be all right, though. Yeah. And I was just like, right, okay, so standard like Tory nonsense. Um, and I gave him a bit back. I was just like, well, I don't know, because I was on the dole after uni, and you really don't get that much money. And that was like ten years ago. So I imagine it's, the people are a lot worse off now. Um, and he he, he kind of stummed, and went, they went away. He said, "I'll be an hour. I need to get apart." So uh, naturally, he came back four hours later, and um, he came. It was just him on return. And by this time, my son had come home from school, and he was on his lap. He was on my laptop doing his like his homework kind of thing, and um, <laughs> and he um, walked in, and my son sat at the table. And my four-year-old son sat at the table on the laptop, and uh, he looks up briefly and goes, "Oh, hello," because uh, my son's quite friendly. And uh, he's like, "Oh," and he, he walks in. And my son looks down at his laptop, and then my son acts like a fucking some kind of media receptionist. And uh, I, I was at the fridge at this point, and he just turns to the guy that's fixing the table and goes, uh, and what's your name? That's what my son said to him. And uh, and the guy turns to him and he goes, um, my name, my name's Uncle Bert. And I burst out laughing. And my son looked at me like, why are you laughing? Mm. And the guy looked at me like, why are you laughing? And it turned <laughs> out Uncle Bert was his name. Um, oh. And I'd laughed in the man's face. And yeah. um, and my son goes, okay, ankle but and uh, the the man went, yeah, yeah. Thing is, my mummy didn't like me very much. My mummy hated me, and my son was like, what? What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What do you mean? And like, and then he started to like get into some patter with my son. Like my son would understand about like the you know, like a four-year-old about um, parents misnaming their kids or something like that kind of yeah, thing. it's too deep a reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A four-year-old. No, 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 no. And my son just looked at me like, he just sort of ended the, the thing the thing by just turning away from him and just looking at the laptop and carrying on with his work, uh, his homework. But uh, yeah, he, he gave me one last look of like, sort of like, why are you laughing? And why is he going on about his mum? And then just sort yeah. of like, frowned and started looking at his laptop for a bit but um as i just said to Meyer afterwards okay. i was like um do you want to defer to hunter for all future um social conversations with tradesmen um because i think he does it a lot better than i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh Engelbert, en- en- yeah uh or is Engelbert like humperdinck <sighs> Small like that. who cares um did he fix the tap yeah he did in the end, yeah. He only... Was it one of those trips that you could hear like in bed at night? Yeah, yeah. If, but it, we've got a mini sink and a big sink, and we yeah. and uh, we placed because it's one of the, it's a one headed tap, yeah. um, and we placed the one head on the little bit of kitchen surface between the uh, the kitchen sink and the thing, so it was just dropping on that, so you couldn't hear it. It was fine. Mm. But then when you have a, a, a like a rather rather determined pool of water on the surface there when you when you would rise in the morning no because it was between the two sinks and they've got rounded edges so ah, the, so the water would just off. yeah just wonderful, sluice off wonderful yeah. so we're just we're sluicing uh oh that's great sluicy slow um just a reminder that bill murray threatened to like punch lucy lou in the face on the set of charlie's angels and that's why he wasn't invited back for the second one um and i think in his he claimed like she was being like a nightmare um but you know yeah but he also gets along with lucy lou you know that's why he's there for the sequel (laughs) and and bill murray also apparently put seth green in a bin as a child um because he was sat on his chair as a child right so yeah um yeah just bring the funny billy and bernie mac rest in peace rest in peace every every like four or five months i just remember that bernie mac's dead and i go oh that's rubbish he's well good bernie mac yeah yeah it was um uh he's great in the oceans films as well we said may as well call him white jet so Mm. good so underused so underused silly silly Come on, Soderbergh, put the bong down, lad, and get the big BM some more parts. Anyway, we digress. Um, so, yeah, dripping tap. Well, that's good. Um, and that was quite, you know, people like to hear about stuff like that. Um, so, what are there, have there been any other kind of like, you know, things in the house, in the, in the flat that you've had to have people out for? Is dripping tap about the most dramatic, or have you had anything more than that? Um, Do you have any juddering pipes or anything? Uh, oh well, we had um, we we, we had uh, the like sort of bolts that were uh, coming out of the ceiling. You know where they like hammer in the sort of plasterboard or whatever it is that's, that oh, makes yeah. up the ceiling. Uh, the paint around them was basically coming like coming off, so we had to get a bloke in to come and um, repaint all the ceilings at one point during the summer. Um and my wife was so fucked off with him. She got so fucked up. She calls him the. Uh, she refers to him as the butler from Tomb Raider Two, because she said all he does is shuffle around and fucking yeah. fart, and, yeah. and he does nothing. Yeah, basically. 
Um, and she was like, it, it took him, it took him like a week to do what should have been done in about two days kind of thing. And he, right, but right. he'd just leave his fucking smelly decorating shit around and he'd walk all over the carpets with his fucking boots on and all this yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, good and then, reference uh, though. Butler from Tomb Raider 2. That's a really, really lovely reference from your wife. Yeah. So, you know, Mazel no, was, uh, for yeah. that. Um, very strange uh, that Lara Croft would just hang around that big house with that old fella. I mean, I know it's like a Batman reference or whatever, but um, even Batman, you know, that sort it out. Mm. Um, you know, although I guess uh, for, so for the R Pat Batman, it was Andy Serkis, right? Yeah. It's just. Yeah, uh, which I just said Circus it. knew it was even before the photo. Fo- There's such like an obvious bit of like, isn't yeah. this interesting casting? You know, yeah. Like, ring, ring, that's them. Ring, ring, who, Andy? That's them. I bet it's the Batman. <laughs> like, ring, ring. I bet you any money. Circus speaking. Yeah. What? You want me to do Pingu? Penguin? Hello, no. Mr. Circus. We want you to do Batman. DC here. <laughs> Warner Brothers. <laughs> Good morning, Circus. Um, new check incoming for bat child uh, yeah um, so to get back to the old good time I jokingly said that this is a on the previous app I jokingly said that this is an accidental prequel for the Batman but it is kind of isn't it like you could imagine Bruce Wayne kind of knocking about doing some of this safty stuff before he gets his stuff together yeah. um, uh, and in the same way I think I may have mentioned before and I think Mark Kermode made this point quite well, that the the Joker, uh, or I am the Joker, um, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, uh, there's a, a an echo of that in that movie you were never really here. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that, where he plays like a big um, angry chap who's like an enforcer. Yes, oh. yeah, I have. I have. I've so seen half of this film, and I don't know why I've not seen the second half. I know it wasn't through not enjoying it. I just, yeah. I can't remember why at the time. It might have been because my wife was pregnant, and she found it very hard to get all, like, when she was heavily yeah. pregnant, she found it very hard to get all the way through films, uh, just Parent. staying awake, basically. Yeah, um, and it's a if you have to stop a grim one halfway through, it can be hard yes. to pick it up again. You know, exactly. you've you're forgiven for something exactly. like that. You just have to kind of persevere. Um, you have to do it in one sitting or not. Although I have to say, I watched Good Time over Christmas. Um, I watched it over Christmas. And um, I watched that in two sittings, Good Time. I actually turned it off. The bit when Robert Pattinson goes to that person's house and holds up with the the lass and her grandmother. Right, yes. Some of just, it so accurately depicts the life of kind of just the the poor Mm -hmm. that it really upset me at like one in the morning on like Boxing Day and I just had to go to sleep. It just really like just using the phone plugged into the wall and the glow of the Mm -hmm. television and frozen food and stuff. It really, really, the, the, the kind of aching, beauty of the portrayal of the poor in that scene mm-hmm. just yeah. and i would eaten a load of cheese and that um and so yeah i was done for after that um mm-hmm. but luckily good time has that kind of you know thrilling um um yeah you know kind of energy which drew me back in um and also we should say that the score for this film by a uh, one oh point tricks who also did the score for uncut gems, uncut gems the score yeah. is absolutely spectacular isn't yeah it? in both it films. Was, yeah it's it's great. It's really good. It's um, it's warriors esque. Uh, I think it's mm, that's a good show. It's got the, those seventies uh, vibes, doesn't it? Uh, mm. Seventy, uh, late seventies, early eighties vibes. It's a lot of synths and everything. It's, yeah, weirdly really, really synthy, good. but then weirdly like symphonic and operatic. Mm-hmm. Like there's that scene in Uncut Gems where um, um, Julia Fox's character and Adam Sandler have that fight outside the club after yeah. the weekend begs her to kiss him on the mouth um, <laughs> she begs begs he begs her please 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 um, please put your hand down my pants um, god I love the weekend in that film um, and yeah there's that scene where they have that huge fight in the street and he leaves her and then she like fucks off the world as she's walking off. And there's that weird like choral music mm-hmm. that comes in, like some like Hungarian choir or something. Um, similar in this good time, there's th- th- that weird, like you say, really bubbly synths like Sorcerer or like Tangerine Dream kind of uh, um, uh, score. But mm-hmm. then it's also got this weird, yeah, this weird kind of um, 
Uh, and it elevates the film really because you could do this film maybe without a score, couldn't you? And just mm-hmm. do it as like truly gritty and truly just street level. But but the Safties use those just those extra bits of texture, I guess, to counterpoint things or to. Um, but you could rescore this film, I think. Yeah, you could you could do different. You could really make it feel different. But yeah, I think the score is one of the many things that separates this from other and separates the Safties from other films. <laughs> Do you think the um, the mold for the uh, the heist masks that they have at the beginning of the film that are truly terrifying? Yeah. Do you think they got um, Eric from the Bail Bonds to present <laughs> his face for the mold? <laughs> now you mention it, yeah, um, and the yeah, the believable shitness of those masks, um, because you wouldn't have Mission Impossible masks, would you? And you wouldn't no. have cool heat. Val Kilmer sexy hockey masks or whatever. You no. would just have some grim joke shop left under a halogen lamp for too long in the sale rack. Um, yeah. 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 But they are a good idea because they are like, they would completely get rid of any features on your actual face and think, yeah. who is underneath that? Um, yeah. Yeah, they are grim. They're grim. And just like, just everything, it's just so uncomfortable. Like the, the sort of uh, Domino's Pizza manager banging on the door, trying to get him out while uh, yeah. Benny's trying to wipe all the red dye out of his face and everything. And oh. you know what? I completely forgot that like, Benny uh, Safdie, Benny Safdie's character, Nick, only has like like 20 minutes screen time in the film. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know yeah. why, but I think because he's so in you can see Robert Pattinson as him in his heart the whole film that I just mm-hmm. I, I completely forgot that he wasn't in the in, actually in the film that much and but because he's such a presence in the motivation for Pattinson's character um I just thought he was in the film a lot I remembered him being in the film a lot longer than he actually was yeah and it's less is more filmmaking as well you know you another film other filmmaker would make this film or other screenwriters and they'd really delve deep into the brother backstory and there'd be a scene where Robert Pattinson sat in a diner with someone mm-hmm. and he goes through, this is why this is important. And same with Jennifer Jason Lee's character. You get such a tiny sketch of her life and you get such a picture of such a depressing existence that she yes. must live and yeah. the family members that she has around her, you know, this kind of, you know, yeah, it's a codependency, or I don't know if it's abuse or what it is, but um, yeah, less is more, and um, and you, there's just th- like trust in your actors as well. Just like um, Walter Hill said again, the director of the Warriors, like you don't need to rehearse. Just hire good actors and just mm-hmm. let them. Like they will act. You don't need to do anything <laughs> with them. They will just do it. That's their yeah. job. That's literally their job description. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I don't want to give uh, I don't want to give anything away, but I do want to touch on the the end of the film and Nick's mm. character. Um, so because again, the end of the film there is a very a, a quite beautiful kind of quite tender. End oh, it, the it's film. really nice. Yeah, it's really quite moving. I find at the end, mm. and it's so it's not at od- it's not at odds with what's come before it, but it is in a way. Um, and I can see why someone would not like it. I can't. I'm trying to talk around it, um, but I really, really liked it. Do, do you like the ending of the film as well, like the very ending? I really did. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, because it, it it's it's very much bookended by the beginning of the film because it's very tender and sort of gentle at the beginning of the film and it's a little bit heartbreaking as well um especially when that first tear sort of drips down his cheek and you can see because i think because even though he's quite a sort of what's uh, yeah because he's got these uh development um sort of mental abilities uh disabilities um but you can see that there's like a storm in his head all the time kind of thing um and i think that's 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 why because it it, it's almost like you know in uncut gems you know at the very beginning when he holds up the rock and it goes into the rock and you see all the mad universe shit that's inside it that's almost like inside nick's head in the film like it's very similar sort of thing you 
all every all the madness that goes on in the film and all and all the colours and the mad scores and everything, all that is you feel like it's all Nick's got it all in his head, but he he has no no way possible at all of sort of deciphering it or like managing it or comprehending what the fuck has just happened or is about to happen in the film um, yeah. or uh, with of his of life with his brother kind of thing. Um, and the, the person who is his lifeline is also the person is also the weight around his neck. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. And then, and then you have this weird, you know, like you have this kind of note of hope at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you say, it's really quite, quite heart, it's really beautiful and really heartbreaking. And, uh, um, and it, it differs from uncut gems in that respect where like for me, uncut gems is a pretty hopeless film because it's about adam sandler's trying to is a man who thinks he's the master of his domain Mm -hmm. and his whole the whole film is about him trying to keep every plate spinning you know i can have every cake and eat it too i can get the money and i can sell the thing and i can rub shoulders with celebrities and i can um have a have a mistress and a wife and a family um and good time is that is part part of that, and Robert Pattinson's character does that. But then, yeah, like you say, you have the character of Nick, and it's kind of the ghost of Nick, really, that kind of permeates the film. Because, like you say, he's barely yeah. on screen, really. Not really. Um, no. He's barely an actor, and he's not an active character necessarily in a lot of the. You know, he's not a protagonist as such. Um, but there's that kind of just that weight in the whole film where it's like Robert Pattinson's doing this stuff for his brother, but really. If he didn't have a brother, would he probably still be doing everything exactly the same? You know, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson does in a way, he's someone who is deeply emotional and is motivated by emotion, but there's another part of him which is completely disaffected and is again not maybe using his brother or you know, you you know someone who needs a a motivation or I you just know. get the feeling that Nick's his humanity basically that Nick's the last yeah. thing that the good thing that's in his life and he knows yeah. that he needs that before he descends into the ghoul that we that he fucking clearly <laughs> is basically yeah yeah uh, it's just like and it, you know if anyone's not guessed by now we both highly recommend you watch this one <laughs> if you've not seen it <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like a staggering. It's like a staggering. Yeah, um, and it's only an hour forty. I think it's yeah, like yeah, which is mad, show. isn't it? Because I, I think as well, it feels like because there's so much like mad shit that happens right from the off. It's so funny, like because when the uh, when the title credits come in, the <laughs> you're like, oh, what? What? This? That's the beginning. That's the beginning <laughs> of the film. Fuck. That. That's the start. Um. Because it seems to, it's almost like you you almost get, think it's the end of the first act or something, um, mm. and you're like, no, 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 that's just that's me stretch, that's the safety stretching, that's just them, uh, just uh, doing the old uh, groin stretch and just yeah, uh, doing the old uh, Wesley uh, Snipes uh, neck click. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's get Chris Christopherson in. Yeah, it's uh, it's well good. Um, mm-hmm. And so when did you see this then? Did you, you may have said before, but where, did you just watch it on Netflix or whatever? Yeah, about two or three years ago. Cause, um, it, after uh, it was Uncut after, Gems. yeah, after Uncut Gems, cause it started recommending it, it kept popping up after I watched Uncut Gems twice. Cause I'd seen, I think I watched Uncut Gems and then I watched it again about a week later. And I think That's I watched nice. it again, um, like a few weeks after that. Uh, and it kept popping up good time. I was like, why, why is it selling this, this fucking yeah. film? And, and then... Going, Leave me alone to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah. know me. You can't get inside my brand brain. Yeah. And then uh, I saw um, on the um, the description, uh, I, 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 glint, I glinced, glanced, glanced mm, the name Safty, And I was like, oh, is this a, is this a Safty joint, is it? Yeah. I and I looked you. down, I was like, oh, this is a Safty joint. I was like, and I just said to my wife, "We're gonna to have to watch this tonight because it's just, um, it's the lads that made Uncut Gems. We're gonna to have to yeah. watch it." Yeah. And I watched it, and I was like, "This is fucking brilliant as well. This is absolutely brilliant. This is as good as Uncut Gems, basically." Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for the uh, looking back through their uh, their uh, filmography. So yes, they made a bunch of short f- films. Films first feature in '09 called "Go Get Some Rosemary." Um, which me not seen, um, but like like I said previously, this is the um, 
and then they had the movie Buttons in 2011. Um, uh, and then Lenny Cook. So, yeah, so they did a number of films with that were like guerrilla filmmaking, you know, the mm-hmm. Heaven Knows What was the movie they did before before Good Time, um, which does have some... Um, oh, the guy who played Ray is in it uh, in their previous films. They, okay, yeah. And this guy, Caleb Landry-Jones, you'll recognise this guy. He's in, He's one of those lads who's in everything. Real funny looking fella. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Can you describe yeah. him any more than that? Oh, just you're really real funny looking. <laughs> Fargo. No one, no one will commit to any description of Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare other than they're funny looking. You know, just just real funny looking fellas. So he said, "I'm looking for some kind of action." I said, "What kind of action?" He said, "Woman action." What kind of guy do you take me for? I said, "I'm sorry, I don't mean to assume nothing here." That guy. Is it? And there's a. There's a bit of Cohen's stank on the on the safties, isn't there? But the Cohen's mm. seem much more kind of put together, you know. Yeah. The Cohen's kind of give the appearance of being like actual having mused on things, whereas the safties just seem like they're just throwing stuff around in a room. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just lobbing some stuff about. Um, so yeah, Got a and- super super bouncy ball. Let's see if we get all these hard surface floors. It's going to go mental. Let's have a look. Watch how high it goes. Watch how high this goes. Um, yeah, you do get the sense mad. that... I've got another 20 of them. <laughs> Let's this go. One's got spikes on it. <laughs> <laughs> this one's got all dog shit on it. I was setting the rest on fire. <laughs> yeah, you do get the idea that if, if movies wouldn't work out, they would just have some anarchic YouTube um, uh, uh, channel. We're all living in the big house. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah and they, they made loads of short movies as well I saw like two dozen short movies mm-hmm. so maybe we'll maybe we'll do a little bit of a grab bag of safty stuff uh, oh, yeah, we'll right. delve mm-hmm. into some of the backstory um, but uh, yeah we'll be, I mean we've been going for almost an hour there and I think we've kind of I'm trying to think kind of touched on all the points I wanted to get to I mean it's uh uh, again, you know, if you're listening to this pod, you've probably, you know, you got your freakings in there, your Scarseses and all that carry on. Uh, you know, you probably like some of those kind of filmmakers, so you're guaranteed to like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what about if you if you don't like films like this? Do you reckon just watch it anyway? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Why would I mean? Uh, I don't think you'd be listening to this pod if you didn't like films like this, really, would you? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but like, for example, I've not, I've not, for, I've not forced my wife to watch Uncut Gems. I'm not for, okay, Gerald, I've got to take off Gerald. Um, I've not forced the issue with her. Just because. oh, I did, I did. I'm quite toxic like that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I was like, when when we first got together, I was like. Have you uh, have you heard of Firefly? Hello, hello. <laughs> Greatest series never made. Greatest series never made. Um, no, no, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, just that you know, um, it, you know. Tr- I guess trigger warning going in. It, you know, they, they are good time is a grim film. Yeah, and it is a proper like. And it, but it's not grim like plodding grim. It's grim like hundred miles an hour. Oh God, my eyeballs are falling out. Grim, you know. It is. Uh, yeah. So in that sense, you know, it, it is a thriller in that sense. I suppose um, it's almost like an action movie, but just like a really grubby shit action movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, but no, you gotta watch it. It's on Netflix, in it um, as is mm-hmm. Uncut Gems, and the the new Safdie's brother, Safdie's brother, Safdie brothers movie is going to be a Netflix. Joint, joint. Um, yeah. So again, it's good to see good artists like Mike Myers and the Safties uh, being able to grab money out of Netflix's hands. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, what 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 else? Are there any other stuff you watched recently you recommend, or anything else in this vein? Perhaps maybe going back to the seventies kind of stank that you'd recommend as a jumping off point, putting you on the spot uh, as a jumping off, using this as a jumping off point. Well, I'm going to keep banging the drum, but I th- honestly think people should go back and watch Columbo. I th- because yeah, the amount yeah. yeah, of lumpy, bumpy people in that that are like in the similar to the type of people you get in a safety film, you know, especially yeah. in the seventies now, when yeah. when you're a kid, 
It, it always happens with the nineties and stuff like that. When you, when you when I look back at like people that you always thought were like really sort of slick and everything in the nineties, and you look back and you're like, uh, especially now that we have like HD and two K and four K mm-hmm. and you know all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah. I can I can see that their hair's not had a couple of days wash on that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, the the makeup artist was a little bit light on them on that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and like I said, like I said the. Um, yeah, the the amount of drinking alone in Colombo mm. of just like mm. pouring like a massive slug of vodka in a glass yeah, and then liquor and then uh, yeah and then just mixing it in with their fingers and then just drinking it <laughs> just like it, it with the ice it's extraordinary. Um, so I'm always gonna I'm always gonna say watch Colombo from now on. Um, yeah, good. Not forever, but until I'm done with it, I'm gonna say watch Colombo. I mean, um, you've got. Probably, presumably, several hundred episodes to go. So there is, a, it, there is a kind of an effective forever. Maybe we. It's not as many sti- as you think. Oh no, S- is that right? Sixty. There's sixty episodes of Columbo. Really? Bloody yeah. hell! I was thinking you're missing a couple of zeros of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let me it just, just go check that. Show, doesn't it? No, but, I um, believe you. So I might have misread it because I feel like it should be. There should be another zero on the end of it at least. Yeah. But there's also the. Movies, right? Because there's the series, and then did it just become standalone TV movies after a certain point? Oh, I don't Some, know. No, I think yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um, how many Columbo episodes? Yeah, tell us, please. You know, please, internet. Yeah, I'm not doing anything wrong. How many episodes of Columbo were there? Well, that, I know I didn't ask how many seasons. Why are you telling me seasons? I know there's yeah, ten yeah, seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Let's just go with. Uh, oh, hang on. Don't know how I feel about you using voice command. I don't know. There's something I don't. know. I really do it. I thought it might answer me back, but it didn't. Yeah. It snubbed me. It I does. thought I was going to get a voice back. And again, you know, I've, I've beat this drum many times, but people out there in the podcast land, do you remember? Sixty-nine. Sorry. Ooh, uh. 69 the great the great sex act um do you remember the time when you could go on the internet and find an answer to a question <laughs> it wasn't that long ago but it may as well have been the mesozoic era because the thing is, the thing is with the internet and google now when i start to type in a question and it brings up the like it predicts the questions that you're going to ask the other questions that have been asked are well more interesting than the ones I were going to ask. <laughs> so I then have to pursue those questions rather than my own and go down that, yeah. follow that thread. Yeah. When you're looking for what happened to the Elgin marbles, you get what happened to eh, and then it says, what happened to Evangeline Lily? And you think, oh my God, Evangeline, Ant-Man and Bumblebee, what the fuck happened to it? Yeah. <laughs> And then you're just looking at Cassie. You won't believe what Hurley from Lost looks like now. Yeah, <laughs> take me to a slideshow. I, I, I actually, um, I clicked on one of those uh, videos on YouTube yesterday because it had uh, what they look like now cast of aliens, and one of mm. them was a picture of Newt, and then yeah. the other one was a rather buxom lady in some skimpish clothing, yeah. um, as a as a before and after, and. Like I pursued, I, I, scrub, I scrubbed through the video like the animal I am until I got to the new yeah. bit uh, to find out what, what to, it piqued my curiosity. And I clicked on it and it was like some Eastern European guy who was like, yes, and this, and this is nude. I've included the picture here on the left. I had to look, this is wrong. This is not the true picture. And then he puts up, and then he puts up a picture of the actual actor now that plays Newt in the film. And she's just like, it's a nice picture of her. Who's like in like, I don't know, standard gap wear, um, sitting down, smiling at the camera. It's like, no, see, this is nude now. She's actually a really nice and lovely, wholesome lady. Not like the tramp we just saw. (laughs) (laughs) I added a bit at the end, but that was the implication, basically, that he he came out. I didn't tell you that when I went to see uh, Hunter's Christmas uh, concert, his carol Mm. concert that he did before Christmas, I had... um, I I had an an old bloke an old German bloke behind me that looked like Herzog and sounded like Herzog. Oh my god. It was That's like incredible. a grand a grandfather who'd come and um he was stood behind us and he was talking and he was like yes I uh, I need to get the, the train back um 
but the trains are on strike. They're all on strike. And, so, you know, it reminds me <laughs> the Bader-Meinhof movement in Germany was incredibly violent movement. There were several cases of disembowelings on the streets of Freiburg. <laughs> Silent night. <laughs> and, of course, as I walked the streets of Freiburg, Oh, yeah, wonderful. So you had a Herzog-alike at a Christmas concert. The volume of the night is inconsequential. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Werner. And now mm. it's time for my Werner salute. I'm actually saluting... You know, you can hear the hand there, people. Just like Al Passano in Sense of a Woman. Um, again, another another film oh, probably... yeah. I don't know. I think we do need to pod that film. Because oh, I was about just, to say never. I know. I, I know you're thinking that, but the the more it keeps popping up, when I skim over it on Netflix and they play snippets from it, mm. and just just Pacino shouting for no reason in that film, yeah. it makes me yeah. think that maybe we uh, we maybe we should. Uh, is it in Austin right. Powers actually? Where uh, I think it, is it? Yeah, it's when he's just been. Um, unfrozen from the cryogenics when he uh when he he loses um control of the volume of his voice yes, and keeps yes. shouting and yes. i feel like al pacino was going through some very similar <laughs> incent of a woman um and again you know one of my uh, things i return to is of course the acting without acting um mantra and Al Pacino instead of one very much the anti-acting without <laughs> yes. acting. It's very much acting plus acting with acting. There's uh, so many layers of acting. It's like sediment. It's just act. who can blame him? Yeah, and there's uh, yeah, fair enough. And it's '90s as well because you've got um, Philip Seymour Hoffman wearing um, you know sweat cashmere sweaters, and you've got lots of rich wood. Um, it's essentially filmed in the same location as the climax of Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. seriously not played <laughs> yes. for laughs like the yeah. great Billy Mads yeah in in all films in the 90s there was a courtroom face off yes. at the end all films yes. yeah yeah true wonderful they were, and they were great times good times um, so yeah that's great a Herzog I like um, and you know uh, great so what are we doing next is are we back onto our Mike Myers uh, thing Yes, it's uh, Spy Shag Me next. Wonderful. Austin Powers Dose. Just a reminder that that film opened um, like the same weekend or the weekend after The Phantom Menace. Um, why, why, why? Just clear the lane. Don't put Mike Myers up against, uh, you know, um, a new weird puppet Yoda. That's the cat trying to get in the room. Scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's only yeah. a cat, but it is creepy. Um <laughs> But it's over now. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, right, great. Austin Powers 2. Um, wonderful. The spy who shagged me. Uh, I'm off to feed the cats or they will yeah. be at me. Um, and you, you're off to work, are you? Scottish work? Yeah, I'm working from home today. I'm on late, oh, so I've got a nice buffer. But I need to give my son his room back. I've commandeered his room for this episode. Um, wonderful. So uh, he's going to walk in in a minute and be like, yeah, so I yeah. better go. Yeah. He's, he's had enough of your safety style podcast uh, thing. Yeah, I'll just use this for a bit, uh, for an hour or two. Um, yeah, <laughs> very good. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Right, well, you don't uh, make a, a prick yourself in front of workmen again today, are you, Dad, when I get home from <laughs> school? Just give me an heads up if you are so I can leave the room first. Thank you. <laughs> Make sure the laptop's got enough charge so I can unplug it and just leave the room if I have to. Dear God. <laughs> wonderful. Right, my friend, you take care and have, have a wonderful day. Yep, you too, bud. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.